More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, news roundup, information overload, hour 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We'll get to your calls, I promise. Final half hour is all yours. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox News. Um, Let me... Let me play a couple of ads. Republicans occasionally, and you know my thoughts on the Republican Party, especially without Donald Trump leading the way, it's the, they go right back to being weak and frail and, you know, wobbly and no spineless and visionless. I mean, Mitch McConnell, oh, oh no, we'd, we'd never think about impeaching Joe Biden. No, he would never. Well, if Donald Trump, if you apply the same standards they applied to Trump, you know, this phone call with the former president of Afghanistan that fled the country with millions and millions of dollars, uh, you'd say, yeah, Joe's telling the guy to lie. And that also means that Joe knew it was a dire situation and kept it from us. But anyway, so there are Senate Republicans. They put a great ad together and Trump Save American PAC put a great ad together. Some of it's visual, but you'll get the the gist of both of them. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. This is not just about the overall idea of leaving Afghanistan. This is about leaving hastily and ineptly. Secretary Blinken, how did President Biden get this so wrong? With an emboldened and stronger Taliban that has greater access to weapons and technology that we supplied. Despite the president's promise that the withdrawal of American troops would be responsible, deliberate, and safe, the Biden administration is now trying to explain why the U.S. was so caught off guard. Breaking news, and it's difficult, can confirm that a number of U.S. service members were killed at the Kabul airport. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened. Afghanistan cannot be used as a terrorist base. That Afghanistan has become a Disneyland for terrorists. We plan for every contingency. Total chaos. It is heartbreaking. It is depressing. It's a failure, and he needs to own that failure. I bear responsibility for all that's happened. He did not admit any mistakes. He did not uh, offer any change of course. He says we're going to continue forward. He really isn't taking responsibility. Mr. Biden, you did this. 
everybody out. Dozens and dozens of U.S. citizens went to the airport, and the gates never opened. The mission hasn't failed yet. If this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? But uh, there's, you know, there's to be... Uh, yeah, I don't believe this is their biggest problem. I don't believe a single thing they say on anything anymore because they've lied to us repeatedly. The worst thing that Congressman Mike Waltz said was this week. And unfortunately, I don't disagree with him. And he said Afghanistan will make 1979 in Tehran look like a sleepover. That's when they held Americans hostage what, 52 Americans for 444 days. We're on day 19 today. Behind enemy lines, Americans abandoned and now hostage to the Taliban. Or maybe at some point ISIS-K because I have a funny, sneaky suspicion that they're going to want those Americans too. Congressman Waltz is with us, Florida native, Florida 6th District, Colonel in the National Guard, combat decorated Green Beret, former White House and Pentagon policy advisor. He's disgusted, just as we are, about all of this. Um, I want to pick up where we left off last week first, uh, because I think your prediction is correct, and I'll get to that in a minute. I want to know, because you, you're sharing with us that you know for a fact you're being told one thing behind the behind closed doors, and we are being told a very different thing by the same people publicly. Is that still happening? Yeah, absolutely, Sean. And, and to the point of... Uh you know, uh, uh, of that ad and, and just Biden's incompetence and, and, and lies. Last night, I introduced a resolution, a vote of no confidence uh, during our defense bill uh, markup, because you have so many Democrats uh, that, that are outraged behind closed doors, but then publicly are silent. Uh, so, so I made them vote on it, uh, and whether they have confidence in this commander in chief or not. But of course, you know, once again, um, <laughs> we saw politics come into, come into play because at the end of the day, I mean, there are going to be investigations and hearings and all of those things to find out what happened, but I want accountability. I have every veteran gold star family, uh, uh, 9-11 victim coming to me and saying, who is going to stand up and say, I screwed up and not blame others. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, it sits with this commander, uh, in chief, but we are still hearing uh, behind closed doors. The intelligence is clear that al-Qaeda uh, and the Taliban are married at the hip. They fully intend to attack the West again. Now they're armed to the teeth to do so. Uh, but it, you know, when we ask behind closed door, well, where is this over-the-horizon counterterrorism plan now that we have no bases, no local allies, no troops on the ground, no diplomats even, and no eyes and ears, uh, it's, it's just nothing. Uh, there, there really is no plan. I mean, Biden presents like they so have this. When, when Joe Biden tells the American people we have yeah. all the leverage and Jen Psaki says we have all this leverage and the generals are saying we have all this leverage, why do I see it the exact opposite way? And that is, no, the leverage they have are the Americans that that, that Joe Biden abandoned right. behind enemy lines that are hostage to these terrorists. No, that's Who has right. the we leverage, Congressman? The leverage. No, we, this administration, this president gave them the leverage on a silver platter in the form of, Hundreds, if not thousands, of America. By the way, they're lying about that number, uh, Sean. It, it is far bigger. I mean, just the number of Americans my staff and the veterans groups are in touch with alone. 
exceed Slow that. Slow down. Number. Then you I want to hear this very close. I want to hear this very clearly. Yep. That that you add in the green card holders, the I want, family. I want this audience to hear how hundreds to thousands uh, that are still there. The children of Americans that are still there. Uh, it, it is it's it's outrageous, and we've given them this leverage. Uh, they want access to billions in foreign currency. They want international recognition. Uh, the administration is already saying they're going to send humanitarian aid. Where do you think, whose hands do you think that's going to end up in on top of all of the weapons that were, uh, that were left behind? You know what I call that, Sean? That's all called a ransom. Uh, and, and paying ransoms to terrorists is illegal. Uh, providing aid to terrorists is illegal and providing aid or anything to an entity that staged a military coup is illegal. Uh, and, and we are going to, we are going to hold, uh, this administration to account, uh, and we're going to block and tackle every which way we can. Uh, but we got to get back in charge, uh, and, and, and get back the majority back to really get to the bottom of all of this. Well, again, now let me ask you about this phone call that now has been revealed with Biden and, and Ghani. Uh, it shows us that everything Biden was saying publicly about this great Afghan army. I, the whole world knew that the Taliban was on the march. And I've done this this time delayed map takeover of the Taliban. They're marched through Afghanistan or the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. And I've been playing it repeatedly on TV for a reason is because. You know, the idea that we had no idea is a lie because they saw them on the march in March of, of this year, April of this year, May, June, July. And then now he's telling in July the president that took off and took millions and millions with him. He's telling him at the time, well, the, you know, whether it's right or wrong, you just got to get out there and lie and say we're winning. That's pretty much what he said on that phone call. You know, Biden in public is saying they have a 300,000 man army that's, you know, equipped and ready to fight. Uh, and that can stand on its own. Well, behind closed doors, I months prior was asking about the status of the Afghan army and the Pentagon wouldn't bring the numbers. I knew that they were undergoing defections, AWOL, morale problems, because Biden told the entire world that we were abandoning them. And in one fell swoop, he pulled away their air support, their intelligence support, their logistics support and their maintenance support. Uh, and, and he knew that uh, that they were crumbling. Uh, the other piece, Sean, I met with Ghani the night before he went to the Oval Office to, to see Biden, and he had two requests that Biden easily could have given, given. One was to continue our air support, no troops on the ground, but our air support, and two was find a way to allow the American contractors that were maintaining the Afghan air fleet uh, to continue to do that. And I think that would have stopped the momentum, bought us time, and, and given us the capability to destroy this equipment before it fell into Taliban hands. Biden did nothing except have that phone call and tell him to put, tell Ghani to put on a happy face. It's, it's despicable and it's outrageous. Uh, it's unbelievable to me because you know and I know that Donald Trump would be impeached over this. Now, that, now of course, we're not going to get any phone calls. Is there any way you would know the answer to this question? When the president, when President Trump before they negotiated any deal, which was conditions based on the ground, which was prior to the fighting season. I know that sounds bizarre to people, but there's an actual season. It included keeping Bagram Air Force Base that we built and paid for. All of that was included, and it, it included the threat 
before any discussion went any further of obliteration. I've confirmed this with Mike Pompeo, with President Trump, with Mark Meadows. And, and that phone call, those phone calls do exist. Can we get access to those phone calls? And do we have any way to get access to the Ghani and Biden phone call? So those phone calls, I worked in, in, in the Bush White House. Those phone calls are transcribed. I mean, that's what President Trump released. And so there was nothing wrong with my call. Here you go. Uh, because there's others, uh, listening in. We have sent, um, we have sent demands to the administration that they preserve all documents. Uh, <laughs> but Sean, you know, really being able to get to the bottom of it with, with Pelosi and Schumer in charge, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that, that, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, and we have seen this administration lie and cover up, uh, to a, to just a phenomenal, uh, extent already uh so <laughs> we'll keep pounding the table sean uh to get access to what was actually said uh weeks and weeks before the fall of Kabul. there was a whole menu of options of things biden could have done to stop this calamity the easiest of which which i um uh which i sent a letter asking him to do was to reapply american air power keep bagram air base take action against pakistan which was supporting uh uh this uh entire thing um that alone would have would have halted uh their offensive bought us time get our people out uh and um and and prevent this absolute surrender quick break we'll come back more with congressman mike waltz on the other side and as we continue with congressman mike waltz let me go back to how many americans and afghani allies are trapped behind enemy lines now because we know they're going door to door we know what they're going to kill them now like you unfortunately i believe this could become mogadishu uh, like you, I, I believe if ISIS-K gets Americans, we could see social media postings of beheadings. Um, I don't want to even get into the details of where my mind goes because I know evil when I see it. These are things we don't make up that have actually happened. Go back to Daniel Pearl. Go back to the beach scene of all the ISIS fighters, you know, severing the heads off of people. This is what they are. This is who they are and what they do. I don't want this to happen to anybody. Is there any option available? And do we have any earthly idea? Can we finally find out how many Americans are behind enemy lines? How many Afghani allies are behind enemy lines? Well, you know, and I'll point out, Sean, that the number two of the Taliban uh, is a terrorist by the name of Siraj Haqqani. His network, the Haqqani network, they're closely aligned with the Taliban and al-Qaeda. You know, the administration wants you to believe there's good terrorists and bad terrorists. We can work with the good ones against the bad ones. They all intermarry. They're all intermingled. Yeah, sometimes factions fight. At the end of the day, they're there to wage jihad on the West. They're holding an American hostage. Right now, they've been holding him for a year and a half. He's a Navy veteran. His name's Mark Frerich. The thing the Taliban wanted the most was for all U.S. forces to surrender and leave. Uh, you would have thought Biden could have gotten one hostage back for that. And they still have him. Uh, they have a long. So basically, you think they're going to use you, this is mostly going to be used as ransom, but there might be some killings to show that they're serious. Nope, that's absolutely right, and they have a long history of doing it. Remember, this is the same crew that led, you know, that's around Biden, that was around Obama, that led to the rise of ISIS and Americans being beheaded on international television in orange jumpsuits, the Jordanian pilot that was burned alive, uh, and but but this crew around a Biden, you know 
Sullivan, Blinken, Austin, all of them believe you can appease terrorists if you just concede enough, if you just give enough, if you're just nice enough, they'll be nice back. Uh, and thank that you. is, I got I got, unfortunately, I'm out of time for this interview, but I want to just thank you for being one of the few guys that have been so open and honest because it's been really hard to get truthful answers. And I know we're being lied to. I have enough people that have confirmed that for me repeatedly. Uh, Congressman, we got to pray for our fellow Americans, pray for these allies that they don't get slaughtered. But we have no leverage. And I uh, I fear you may be right, but I pray to God we're both wrong. I hope we're dead wrong. I could say, oh, it worked out. The Taliban kept their word. I don't expect those words ever coming out of my mouth, to be honest. Anyway, sir, thank you for the good work you're doing. Please keep us informed along the way. We'll keep up the fight. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN is our number. We'll get to your calls uh, last half hour of the program today and Hannity tonight at 9. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. As promised, uh, we're going to hit our phones. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Uh, let's say hi to Phil in Texas. Phil, glad you called. Thanks, Sean. Um, my dad lost his eyesight in Vietnam. I was seven years old in 1975, and... I remember vividly sitting on the living room floor with him behind me, watching uh, the thing in Saigon unfold, and 
he could see or he couldn't see. He could hear the commentators. But, and he asked me, son, what are you seeing? I told him, well, Dad, they're holding on to the bottom of the, the helicopters. And he said, oh, my God, I lost my sight for this. So when I see the debacle that's unfolded in Afghanistan, and then I see in Dover that sock puppet looking at his watch, looking at his watch, while men and women, noble Marines, are being offloaded, it made me sick to my core. And I wanted, you know what, Sean, soldiers die. That's a fact of life. But when our Marines, the best we have to offer, are used as cannon fodder, that's something entirely different. So I've got a message for the Biden regime, for all the puppeteers behind the scenes, pulling that empty sock puppet strings. You keep the names of those Marines out of your filthy, treacherous mouths. We will say their names. We will memorialize them. You have no right. Keep their names out of your mouth. I'm sickened, Sean, by what I see, the internal and external threats in this country. Listening to those gold-starred parents, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. I feel exactly as you do. It breaks my heart. I can't imagine this. You know, here's the reality. And I've spoken to them both now on air and off air. They're never going to be the same. You're never the same. How could you possibly be the same? And and Biden looking at his watch. Oh, I share your anger. Did he have something else more important to do? Was he looking for his nap time? It's not even General, funny. General Milley, you have no honor, sir. You do not represent what an officer should represent. Obama spent eight years fundamentally transforming and reimagining our officer corps. And you're seeing the results of that now. But the, he does not represent the overwhelming majority of the officers and the enlisted and the armed forces. He should be fired from Bagram Air Force Base alone and giving that territory up, which, by the way, was not going to happen in the Trump deal. Just like the Taliban wouldn't have been on the march, they would have been blown into the oblivion. I mean, the fact that is where it gets me really even more angry, not that I'm trying to work you up, Phil, is all of this was easily preventable. All of it. This was not a heavy lift. It was Americans seeing the Taliban on the march and obliterating them without risking a single American life with the new modern technology we have for warfare. This was not hard. Leaving all of that, that all of our top weapons behind and planes and Blackhawks and I, uh, drones. I just like, I cannot believe what a spectacular fail this is. And listening to this incoherent, mumbling, bumbling, you know, so-called president, he doesn't even know what day of the week it is. It's heartbreaking to know this. They lost their kids. You have kids, Phil? Yes, sir. My son is 35. Yeah. You lose your kid. You ever going to be the same? Never. Never. I, never. I look at my grandson every day now and, and what's unfolding in this country. And, and, and it's hard to sleep at night. It's hard to get my mind around what kind of country he's going to have. He's only four years old. The epitome of innocence. It's a sad time for our country. I feel so bad for these families. I, I don't have adequate words for them, but I do want them to talk about their kids. 
because these these are the best of the best that America has to offer. The, this is our American treasure. I I am at the point. If we're going to do, we we can never ever ever allow this to happen again. You know, we we start out all gung ho. Everyone wants to go to war. Then we go to war. Then they politicize the war. Then they put handcuffs on the soldiers during war. Then they want to bring them up on trial for if if they don't make a perfect split second decision. And then we leave like this in disgrace. I, I, I can't take it anymore. We can't lose another limb or another life of an American hero, our national treasure, when we know for certain that these these people in Washington will politicize uh, the any conflict. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Nick is in Florida. Nick, you're smart. I'm dumb. You pay no state income tax. You have an overall tax rate way lower than mine, and I'm an idiot. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show. My question today is, as a 23-year-old male living in the United States, should I be concerned with the current president's decisions and actions that he's taken so far? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, I, it's funny. I guess you get a little bit older, and, you know, now that my kids are in their 20s, you know, I you just begin your, your your thinking evolves as you get a little older, right? You get a little more mature. You have a little more life experience. Um, this isn't your first rodeo. You're 23. You got your whole life ahead of you. But when you when you get older and your kids are you know turn 20, 25, whatever age they are, you know you start thinking, okay, what's this country going to be like for them, and for their kids, and for their great great grandkids? You know, I mean. Of course, I'm worried about it for you. It's it's the reason I'm so passionate about it. It's, um, you know, I've, I've gotten fortunate in my life, started with nothing. I don't really have to work for the money. I do it because I love my country, love what I do, and I care, and I care a lot, and it's my passion. And if I didn't do this on this show every day, thank you all for giving me this microphone, and on TV every night, thank you all for watching, because you make it possible. I'd be I'd be driving around a car by myself and I'd probably somewhere in Florida and you'd see this crazy old person talking to himself. That would be me. So I want to leave the country better for you. I want America to be great, the greatest country on the face of the earth. It's not good for the world for America to be in its current condition weak. The world's in chaos because the, our allies look to us, whether we want to accept the capital C captain on our jersey or not you're still, you're the we're the leader and when we're not leading it doesn't end well for anybody and that's where we are right now we don't we're leaderless to be very frank now i'm urging people to do certain things make sure election reform is your top priority this year to have signature verification voter id chain of custody control uh updated voter rolls every election partisan observers need to observe the count vote start to finish up close where they can see it we need that now etched in law in the entire 50 states you know we all look these laws weren't followed in 2020 i'm not getting into the whole what happened in 20 if the laws weren't followed partisan observers didn't observe so that's just a fact we can't let that happen again Constitution of Pennsylvania, if you want to change the Constitution, there's a process for that, and it's not through legislation. 
So, you know, that's that that's kind of my mission. I mean, but I will tell you this. Take this to the bank, Nick. I tell my own children this, too. If you set your mind to something and if you work hard and if you make good decisions in your life and by good decisions, you know, make the choice to say no to drugs. I know it's simple, but don't go there. While weed is legal, don't go there. That's my advice. And, you know, drink socially. You don't have to get Adam Schiff faced. You don't have to. You don't have to be the dope throwing up in the bushes. The love God and your neighbor as yourself. Follow the golden rule and work your ass off. That And, and follow your dream working your ass off. That's what I tell my own kids. Yeah, Dad, I know. You used to wash dishes. I know, Dad. Blah, blah, blah. They don't want to hear it. And I, I didn't want to hear it from my parents either. But I appreciate my parents now more than ever. Not a day that goes by I don't think about them and, and appreciate all they did for me. You know, what my father was saying to me when he said he, he couldn't believe how fiercely independent I was, he, he knew I was working. He knew that I was going to get in some trouble, but I wasn't going to get in really stupid trouble, which was all true. I was a little, little incorrigible at times. So that's my advice for you. Work your ass off. Outwork everybody else. You want to know the key to my success? I'm not the smartest. I'm not the funniest. That's for sure. I'm not the... I, I I will say I'm right up there, if not the top at working the hardest. I am like a Marine all week. I get up out of bed. I don't sleep a whole lot. I get up out of bed. I work out hard. I'm trying to stay in shape. I'm stronger than I've ever been. I then, you know, eat very, very little, if anything. Then I get right to it. Sweet Baby James has a pack. It's about a mile high. And then I do my reading and my prep. And it's intense. And then, you know, take as few calls as I possibly can. I do this show with great passion because I love doing it. Um, I'll take a little break after. I'll go get a little bite to eat. Then I start writing my monologue, which I've already started since, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, throwing ideas out where I'm headed. And based on the news developments of the day, I want to keep it as current as possible. And get the monologue written and put my final dot the final I's, cross the final T's, and I'm ready to roll. That's what I do all week, and that's my schedule. And I, I'm honored and thankful and grateful to do it. All right, does that help you at all, or am I just lecturing you? No, I really appreciate you telling me that, and I appreciate you having me on the show. Let me ask you a question. If you could pick one thing that you want to do in life, what is it? Well, I'm very passionate about making music and producing music. Then go kick ass and be the best at it. That's my advice. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate that. All right. Have, I wish you the best. God's blessings. Tom in Santa Barbara. KTMS. How do I know? I lived out in Santa Barbara, and I was run out of town, frankly, rightfully so. What's going on, Tom? How are you? Hey, Sean. Listen, I remember you're, hum you're talking about your humble beginnings. I'm about a mile away from where you were on the radio when I was in grad school at UCSB, and I remember the... The Sturm and Drang that you created. By the way, they now brag. The Sean Hannity started his career here. They didn't. They, didn't, they don't brag about the part that they ran me out of town. <laughs> which, by the way, everyone on the air at that college station sucked. Everybody sounded awful. You know, everybody didn't know what terrible. the hell they were doing. But you know, I was the only one that was out of his mind. So anyway, <laughs> hey, I'm, Sean, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity. I really am. 
Yeah, you know, as a lone conservative in a graduate program studying history and public policy, hearing you on the radio, you know, say, hey, that guy's down over at Stork Tower on KTSB, I was shocked. I said, how could they let a conservative on the air? They never would do that. And it was uh, they threw uh, me off in like 40 hours of on air broadcasting. Yeah, I started on first the campus little AM and then they moved me to the FM and that was the end. It ended very quickly. (laughs) I remember, Um, but yeah. Shock jock yanked uh, off air. I've got it framed. <laughs> I had a unibrow well, at the time. I can show it to you. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, it was a lot. Of, it was great. It was it was uh, cathartic to hear someone who had, of like mind at the time, and you went on to big things. Um, but uh, listen, yesterday I enjoyed hearing, and I really appreciated you hearing. You had on some of the gold star uh, dads who lost uh, people over there in Afghanistan, and. You know, I was sad, but also furious. And, you know, Sean, uh, it was either a failure of military execution, which it wasn't. It was either a failure of the intel community, which it wasn't. Or it was a case of the White House putting politics above his job of being commander in chief. And I guess I just want to ask you, do you think the American people understand, you know, and going into the next election and into 2024 as well, do they understand that the main job of the president of the United States, you're not president of health care, you're not president of education, you're not president of, you know, critical race theory, you're president of the United States, and the main job is to be commander-in-chief of the armed forces. And he's totally got, a, you know, just an historic failure. Do you think the American people are going to, uh, you know, punish I'm the not Democratic confident Party? that they're there where we need them to be yet. But I think we're getting there. You know, I, I see Tea Party 2.0, Trump 2016 2.0, all unfolding in November of 2022. But is it guaranteed? No, it is not. We got a lot of work to do. A lot. Anyway, my friend, God bless you. I appreciate your kind words. You're making me feel old, but 33 years in radio, believe it or not. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Uh, you're going to meet a gold star sister and father. Yeah, they're the ones that said, quote, you can't F up as bad as he did and say you're sorry. Oof. Mike Pompeo, Laura Trump tonight, Kaylee McEnany tonight, Tom Homan, Sean Parnell, and others. 9 Eastern, news you won't get from the mob, Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you tonight. Thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. That we never forget. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear. 
and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.